Welcome, Welcome back, back to, to HBO, HBO Girls, Girls Rewatch. Rewatch. I'm Evan. I'm dysphoric. Oh. And this is going to be season four recap. <gasps> oh my God. Another season in the books. Are you feeling cuckoo bananas? I am feeling cuckoo bananas because last recap we did outside Hannah's apartment, which was one of the craziest um, explorations. I know. Okay. So we're going to recap all four of the girls, obviously. <laughs> but to start us off, we really have to recap where we've gone in our life since then. Last time we recorded on the steps because we had just moved and we didn't yeah, have our new off. studio yet. Yeah, we didn't have studios, so we filmed in both Hannah's location on India Street and Amelia's room, which was, um, it's kind of one of those, my, my mom saw Amelia's room, it's like, oh, it's a custom room from Ikea. Like, she bought it straight from, um, in a good way, she meant it positively. Like, you know, what do, they have like the, what's the it called? Ikea showroom? Yeah, you have an Ikea showroom. Okay, wearing this shirt, it feels so crazy. So it was so easy for you to unpack, because it's like you just had to follow a photo. Um... Yeah, I I love to buy a room in kind of webkin style where you buy everything in <laughs> under the one theme and then everything goes together. So when I'm sure I, webkins didn't get that from anywhere either. When sure I built up my webkins concept. room, yeah, um, it was easy to know what to do. But since then, I've actually added a lot of new right no, bubble posters to my walls. So. Which is like that's webkins doing. Webkins now would have done a collab with Redbubble. Yeah, no, totally. Like in the pet shop. Although I don't think so from a marketing standpoint because they're two different target demographics. I actually think there's more overlap than we could even believe. I don't know. Webkin's um, users don't have a ton of buying power. Oh, honey. Uh, When I bought those Webkin's, I had power. I will say that. Yeah, but poster power? I don't think so. (laughs) Yeah, no... uh, this is room I sometimes do improv in, so not to be yes and with an idea sometimes is shocking for me. Evan has finally, um, four months after living here, decided to make their room have um, their clothes in it. Um, and it's really cute. <laughs> they, <laughs> for so long, made the entire basement kind of their personal closet. But then we were like, what if um, the entire basement was actually for all of us? And then Evan was like, okay, I'm going to make a closet so crazy. It's going to have a Chinese lamp. (laughs) It's going to have red lighting. And it's going to allow for me to buy more shoes I never wear. Yeah, I think a big part about a closet, it has to grow with you. You don't have to grow with it. Um, So I try to add as much storage as possible to it. Amelia, clip that. (laughs) Well, for me, I'm like... Um, my room didn't come with a closet except it has the boiler room in it and that can't really be used as a closet unless I want to melt stuff. I cannot begin to tell you how many people came up to me at our housewarming last week and was like, that boiler room's really scary, Amelia. (laughs) I know, but I embrace the whimsy. Yeah, I'm like, no, but you don't don't understand. Evan's room needed a boiler room. Yeah. Or would it make sense (laughs) for, it wouldn't make sense for our guy. I love whims. I'm like, it is Narnia in some ways. I cannot stop using the word whimsy these days. We, We both read it somewhere and now it's kind of stuck in our frontal whimsies it's just like fun and there's like a freedom to it like when you say the word whimsy you forget about the harsh reality of our democracy you know what i mean <laughs> a republic democrat our democratic republic Wait, our democratic republic you forget about it when you use the word whimsy you forget how it's not democratic yeah you forget it's election year <laughs> and you kind of just remember the paris olympics yeah um but no what do you think has changed for you in the last 10 weeks Evan? 
I don't know. <laughs> okay, no worries. No, I do. Okay, things had changed. Obviously, went through breakup. Really fundamentally cool. Um, was that beginning of season yeah, four? Yeah, well, <laughs> it was kind of week of. Okay, perfect. No, we recorded the episode and then the next week. Perfect. Perfect. Just so everybody at home can follow along. Yeah. So it's been, we're at week 10 of the breakup. Are we week 10? Well, week 11 with the Zosh app, which we hope you loved, by the way. <laughs> yeah. So we're week 11. Um, I'm like, it is so crazy. Um, okay. When I first went through the breakup, my big motivating factor in my life was like, I need to consume as many audiobooks I can in a 24 hour period every single day. The first three weeks of the podcast following the breakup were a lot about you. So many audiobooks. Reading audiobooks, me looking at your YouTube watch history and feeling afraid. <laughs> <laughs> Our YouTube watch history. Uh, HBO Girls watch. Go check out the YouTube channel. Please subscribe. And by the way, I know it's annoying and I know it's confusing and I know you're like, there's no way I need to do that. But please, please, please go on Apple Podcasts and write a quippy little review for us. <gasps> We're on our hands and knees. Wait, I think someone needs a bingo sheet at home. It's like we use the word quippy, use the word whimsy. There's so many good words. We get we to get a few more words in, but those are definitely words I'd be on a bingo sheet. Okay, yeah, let's let's make a HBO Girls rewatch bingo sheet for a, for three syllable words. Yeah, okay. But Quippy's kind of only But two. no, sorry, I interrupted. So you were breakup, and now you're. What? Oh yeah, but then you kind of rediscovered Chapel Run's um, album. Um, what's it called? Something Midwest Midwestern Princess. The rise and fall of a Midwestern yeah, princess. Rise and fall of Midwestern princess, and that will replace and um. That kind of will replace any audiobook you're currently working on. So even if you're working on creative strategies for unique individuals as an audiobook, sometimes uh, the rise and fall of a Midwestern princess will knock that out and you're going to have to listen to Red Wine Supernova for upwards of four hours. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. Sometimes a song is more important than learning how to um, deal with your ADHD in a creative way. So I know it took um, Hannah all of season four to get over her breakup with Adam. How much of season four <laughs> um, felt like you were getting over your breakup? Just as long as Hannah no, maybe, or uh, less? Mm, I think it's, there's no scope of time. Well, you have to understand Hannah and Adam like, were... How long was that whole season? How many, Was it three weeks? Was it four months? You never know how long a season is like in actual time. Because it's summer the whole show. You don't get to see a change of seasons, which usually indicates a change in time. I'm going to go ahead and guess that it was um, 10 weeks. Yeah, maybe it was 10 weeks. That would make a lot of sense, too. Yeah, so um, I think in some ways, I, of course, will be dealing with this to the day I die. So never. (laughs) So you're still not over it. No, I think I'm over it in a lot of ways. (laughs) But... um. I definitely like I've have closure around the actual individual, but I think for myself now trying what is the aftermath of like discovering self that that I don't know if I'll ever have closure around like what and a uh, relationship breakup all like leaves such a fundamental change in oneself and like now trying to cope with that or like learn about that new part of myself that will take some more time. Mm-hmm. Does that make any sense? Um, not to me because I don't know what you're talking about, but I'm sure <laughs> your hair got some, so sweaty. I'm sure to some people at home. Um, Wait, okay. What happened to you in the last ten weeks? So for me, it's kind of just like my life feels really redundant. It's like wake up, make TikToks, send emails, make a Google sheet, Slack someone. Um, 
Yeah, I'm kind of uh, going through something where I'm like, I'm actually bored of my life in New York City and I want to move to London. <laughs> so it's giving Shoshana Japan. Can't and I'm not even dating a suit mogul. God, I wish AD Bryant would offer me a job. Um, no, of course I had it. I took a giant pay cut at the start of this year, so um, I no longer have any money that I'm adding to my savings account each month. So that's a big change. Are you holding the line? What is that? Kind of nothing's going in and out. It's impermeable wall. Savings accounts lease up. Same what? Like you're not losing money from your savings account. No. Okay, then that's actually really big for being in your 20s. Yeah, at the end of the day, it's not so bad. Um, it's just like, <laughs> am I always going to feel so bored? You know what you're doing right now? A rise and fall of a Midwestern princess. <laughs> it's like, I listen to Chapel's music, and I'm like, this is so good, but none of this happens to me. Like, It's just like, I'm not really doing anything. I'm like, crazy. It's crazy. I think bored isn't always a bad thing, though. It kind of just means nothing's ridiculous happening in your life. I know. I'm like, I should just be grateful that nothing terrible is happening, but it feels like nothing good's happening either. Even that can't be true at it all. It can't though. be true. But I'm just like people at home, like, please be honest. Like, doesn't it feel like January and February is just hell on earth and you'll never be happy no matter how many 32 year olds are nice to you? I'm like, I don't have seasonal depression. Okay. But I do get sadder when it's colder. <laughs> are those things related? You don't have seasonal depression, and by that you mean you do, was kind of the gist. For myself. Yeah, but I could be colder anywhere. It doesn't matter the season. If I go inside a public restaurant, if I go in a restaurant or blasting AC, I'm sadder. I went to Mexico to find myself, and I didn't <laughs> find myself. And on the last day, after being vegan and doing yoga twice a day for seven days, I walked along the beach with my tote bag, and I bought like um like a shrimp roll like on the beach alone next to this family that was eating chips in a really annoying way. And I kind of like tried to write goals on my iPad and was like, "This isn't what life is supposed to be like." But here I am. I don't understand why not. Sometimes you need to eat a shrimp roll next to a family that's having fun. And be like that's filling beautiful. out a that girl PDF file on my iPad GoodNotes app. It's like there's something <laughs> off about me. and I haven't cracked a code on it. But you know what? Enough about us. We're going to cut to a quick break. You can't be like there's something off about me. Break. <laughs> and we <laughs> no, won't figure it and out. And I think we do. Well, when we get back from the break, we're going to kind of join the escapism route of our own problems and dive into these girls' problems instead. I just want to leave a note where it's like we're actually really th- – grateful for the platform we have and it makes me i would say really happy and i've the last few months have been really exciting because this is the biggest and most exciting time that we've had this podcast we've gone into so many amazing guests and so many people have been so kind and wonderful to us so i'm really grateful for that and i appreciate everyone that listens to this podcast so 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 much you guys changed my life i love 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 you and we're back (laughs) (laughs) okay so this season season four is absolutely nuts because we get the mimi rose howard we get the shoshana post nyu we get jessa trying to be stable and then we get marnie off her damn rocker what girl should we start with evan the girl i'm really i just there's so much to think about jessa in this aspect because as someone who was in therapy for four months i'm like i too wanted to become a therapist for about um 
for the moment you do therapy for four months, you're like, now it's time to pass the torch. It's time for me to become a therapist. So I love watching that arc of Jessa like entering AA. And then at the end of being AA, when you finally get to talk about your feelings, you're like, now it's my turn to help other people talk about their feelings. It is one of the most natural things a millennial can do. It is, of course, like Jessa never spoken at AA and still hasn't worked through her, her feelings. And that's going to go ahead and be a classic girls thing where it's like she thinks she's healed and she hasn't even reached the surface. But she thinks because she's not actively addicted to cocaine now, she's ready for therapy. And honestly, I think that's OK. Like and it is such a thing. You go to therapy for one month and then you're like, I should devote my life to being a therapist. That would be so fun. No, literally, because I'm watching my therapist. I'm like. She gets to hear me talk about this problem. That's awesome. I'm envy. I envy. Yeah, I'm like, oh, I could like sit in a cute sweater, hold a nice latte, and listen to some girl complain, and then like say a few inspirational quotes. Like, easy. Can we talk about my therapist drama? Oh, yeah. Your therapist decided <laughs> to become a life coach. My therapist essentially quit on me to become a life coach and to do her side hustle of giving ketamine therapy to teens in Long Island. Um, which she offered to me to come to Long Island anytime I want to get ketamine therapy. But now um, I can't attend her anymore because being a life coach is $200, where being a therapist is $30 because it's covered by insurance, but being a life coach isn't a real thing, so it's not covered by insurance. I'm getting kicked off my parents' insurance in one month. Is your therapist going to be under your new podcast insurance? There's no way to know, but you know what? She's asking me to be um, a little bit too raw and real with her these days, so I actually prefer if I could tap out. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you're like once it gets in a hard part it's over you're she's like i like, wonder why i want to move to london <laughs> yeah she's like it seems like you're still trying to hide stuff from me and i'm like yeah i have to go <sighs> um but i think jessa started this season she's you know um she's out of rehab i know she's major. back she's back and she's trying to be healthy and she's actually committed to feeling better and then hannah immediately leaves her and she's like pissed about that and she's like i thought we were gonna like make my life better together and so we get the highs and lows of that but you know jessa works through it and i feel like by the end of the season really get some clarity for the first time you know she she has a future well, like, Hannah and her have not had a normal conversation since Hannah picked up Jessa from rehab. Everything else has been, like, a hostage negotiation. Totally, but that's just Jessa. <laughs> Every conversation with her is a hostage negotiation? Yeah, of course. Oh, awesome. <laughs> what else happens to Jessa this season? Um, she, asks, she finally is vulnerable enough to ask Adam to be her friend, who introduces her to AI. Oh, my God. She even gets a crush on a boy, Ace. But then Ace, of course, is still pining for Mimi Rose. And you know what? Jessa has enough self-respect to tap out as soon as she sees how's it, how it is going. Well, yeah, because we were classically saying earlier that Jessa is the game maker. And so to have the game be played on her by Ace, like, one-upping her ass and, like, doing the whole thing with Mimi Rose and Adam and, like, the booby trap of it all um, really, like, it's kind of fun to have her have a little taste of her own medicine. It is fun that she recognizes it and is like, I'm done with this. Because in earlier season, when Marnie is trying to get with Desi, but Desi's still dating Clementine, but then Desi and Clementine end and Marnie is still kind of being played. That's how you see the difference between Marnie and Jessa, where Jessa's like, I don't want to be wronged. Whereas Marnie's like, as long as nobody else can recognize that I'm being wrong and people just think I got what I wanted, I'm yeah. cool like feeling however I do 
behind closed doors. I think that's what you have to really respect about Jess. Like, Marnie's so, like, I want things good on paper. Like, I want a hot boyfriend who's good at music. Where Jess is like, I want things to feel good for me. Yeah. It doesn't necessarily mean it has to look good on paper. A hundred percent. I think that is such a, a difference between those two. Um... But yeah, you know what? Overall, season five, we're going to be pissed at Jessa. <laughs> but for season four, it's like, yeah, she's a little evil, but she's, you know, working through some stuff. And I think we really see some progress from her in terms of her getting clarity on a future. Oh, 100%. I mean, she made this is the first time in a show like it's right at the end of the season where she's like, I'm going to become a therapist. Like that's the first time we see her do like a large statement of commitment and as we get to season season five, she's actually like really committing to it in some regard where it's like, that's awesome. Look at this girl. It's like, I think a big part of being in your 20s, especially 25, is like making thinking you might get a master's. Of course. It's the one of the biggest parts is like, oh, actually, a, a BA, well, BS and she's, is of course, BS. thinking about getting an undergrad. Oh, yeah, of course. It's undergrad because she never graduated from Oberlin. It's hard to. Hey. And hey. it's okay, girl. So she's what? six more years of school left well listen she's on a path it is cool that we never find out like where is she going to school who's paying for that what's this whole deal here i mean it does seem like it's in person because she has real textbooks yeah for like, her to have textbooks and be in shoshana's apartment studying is so shocking if i had a guess i would say it's hunter hunter university Hunter I don't know College. About that. It's a Hunter College. It's a school on 58th Street. It's a Cooney. Okay. Well, shout out, Jessa. We love you, girl. For now. Um, Hannah. There is so much to impact with this girl. Oh my god, we're gonna go right into it. I mean, okay, so to start the season off where it's like they're in this like weird little limbo period with Adam and Hannah bef- right before she goes off to um to Iowa Writers Conference. And then she has that bow tie pasta in her hair, lol, when she's having dinner with her parents. And she's like, I'm so excited. I'm finally chasing my dream. She thinks everything's going to be so great for her, thinking Adam's going to support her through this whole journey, even though they never talk about it and everything's been so awkward for so long. Then she goes to Iowa. Then she's like, I can't do Iowa. Gets Comes back, doesn't tell a single person, doesn't even send a single text or post on her Facebook. Assumes everything's going to be normal for her. It's not um, because you kind of upped and left. for Even if it was like for three weeks, a lot can happen in three weeks. Maybe it's a month, whatever it was. And then she goes ahead and um, like has to comfort her dad for coming out. What, what else happens? She, so Hannah is dreaming of being a writer. She gets in her dream school. She goes yeah. to Iowa. They beat her down. She loses her mind. She gets back. Yeah. Her boyfriend has now fallen in love with some other successful artist. She decides to become a substitute teacher and never write again. And then she has to take on her parents' whole deal where her dad came out as gay and her mom's losing her mind. <laughs> and then... She's dealing with all of that. But you know what? Towards the end of the season, we see her completely heal when Adam right. is like, I'm ready for you back, Hannah. Hannah is like, it's over. And the breakup of it all. Like her literally um, taking, kicking Adam almost out of his own apartment at this point and then having to literally battle royale with Mimi Rose. To- Wait. No. I will not let you say that because <laughs> Hannah went to Iowa for one month, that's now Adam's apartment. Well, he was inhabiting it. Yeah, but it was hers, and it's always hers. And as soon as she goes back, she gets to rightfully take it back. She gets it back. That's true. But uh, like, they- I'm like, if that was me, 
I and like Adam was like, it's mine now. I'd be like, no, baby. They never address what happened to because it's one big room because he tears down the wall. Um, I'm like, did they ever put it? They never address if they put a flex wall up or not. No, when Hannah goes on the date with Fran and she's getting ready with Elijah, Elijah's moved into that room and instead of a wall, it's a shower curtain. Oh, yeah, it's a shower curtain. <laughs> He's like, I'm going to masturbate too. <laughs> Sound effect of... I know. I was actually just talking to her third roommate about how I want to tear down the wall right behind the iPad because there's this open space over there and it could be a really cool open area. We definitely need those for structural reasons. I think we need that beam for structural reason, but the rest is almost just plaster and a wish. Yeah, but do we need all that electrical in our living room? No, there's no wires in there because there's no outlets. No, but that wall? Yeah, it could be cool. Industrial. What do you think she learned this season? I actually do think she learns a lot because we kind of see her at the end of the season have one of the biggest self-growth moments out of any of the girls where it's like Adam is now being like, I want you back. I made a big mistake with Mimi Rose. We're ta- we're bonding over this baby right now. And then she's like, actually, I can't be back with you. I need to take space for me. It's like, whambo bamo, girl. Look, that is growth, if not the definition of it. I will say of every girl this season, I think Hannah does grow the most. But it's kind of sad for me because she was such a dreamer in the early seasons. And I feel like the weight of reality gets her down this season. And while maybe that's necessary, it also hurts my feelings. Like I miss Hannah like quitting GQ being like life shouldn't suck. Life should be whimsy every day. And she's like, I guess it's just like I'll you teaching Oedipus to Maud Apatow <laughs> and I'll try dating this boring guy who's nice to me and I'll try and move forward well, and be there yeah. for my parents who are in weird moods. Well, I would say the big difference between this knockdown and the other ones is that she really took time to reflect and take stock of herself. Like when she quit GQ, she just immediately was like, and now it's time for Iowa. Like there was no space, no break for her to be like, oh, what went wrong here? Let me understand that pattern so I can break it. She just continued the patterns. And now she is giving herself enough space and time to break this pattern of her just like jumping into things and then quitting them immediately. When a writer gives up on their dreams, I get so bummed out, especially if it's a girl. I know. And that's a beautiful part of Substack is you never have to fully give up. You can always put something online. A hundred percent. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it is like we posted a clip of the Adam Hannah breakup scene and so many of the comments that fled in were people being like, I wouldn't be as strong as Hannah, I would go back to Adam. And I do think season one, two, and three Hannah would do the same. I mean, she kinda of basically did. But it's amazing to see her recognize finally yeah. that maybe this isn't the best thing for her. And we finally get a new chapter in season five of like what is Hannah going to do now that she's not, like, addicted to this man? <laughs> Thank you to this man. Um, yeah, and it's kind of, I mean, of course, we end the season not really knowing exactly what's going to happen to her. We and get her kissing her falls Fran, Fran in Yeah, that's kind of the big reveal there. Um, and then we presumably think she's still her substitution. It substitute so goes job. back to my like, whenever a woman gets divorced, I'm so happy for her. Because I'm like, yeah, there was nothing good about the marriage for you. The marriage was sucking. <laughs> Thank God you freed yourself, girl. 
So it's like, thank God Hannah didn't go back to Adam because it's like the same problems they had had for three seasons would rear their ugly heads once more. And it's like, unless she changed her relationship to who this person is, she'd have to be upset all over again. I want you to drop that mic. Mic drop. Obama <laughs> mic drop. Is that who did that? Yeah. I can't tell if that was AI or not. Um, okay. When we are gonna go on our second break, but when we get back, we are gonna dive into Marnie and Shosh. And we're, we're back. back. Oh god, I'm going cozy mode on the couch, but I don't want anybody to see well, my feet. We, could, I, we have to talk about Shoshana of it all. Oh my god, Shosh didn't graduate NYU on time. Cringe. I mean, do you know how often it is that someone doesn't finish all their classes? Um I, there's so many she actually went ahead and followed through but i'm sure everyone that's listening right now knows at least one person that had three credits left aka one class and didn't just finish that class sophia wilson pelton i know like eight yeah exactly there's so many former i guess on this season it's like there's so many people like that they're just like they had one class left but the mental genetics they i don't actually we have to just interview one person that has one okay, class no you know that classic visual um inspirational quote where it's the guy chipping away like trying to find diamonds and he chips so far but then he gives up and it's like when he gives up he's <gasps> I love like that one, one inch of like chipping away from the thing it's so that with college like you did so many you're not gonna do your one glaciology course come on <laughs> thank you for making a visual for me of course I'm like now that you've given me that diamond example i don't even need to talk to someone about this i understand exactly what it is i am like because i graduated during covid i never walked and just got emailed a pdf i feel so shoshana in this i know and i feel so bad because i had the opposite experience where i got to walk three different times not to bring gilmore girls up but last night i watched <laughs> the episode where lorelei graduates her community college and her parents come and when she's on the stage oh. she like sees her parents proud of her and oh my god i'm criteria <laughs> and it makes me sob every time like i just think it's so sweet it's so beautiful like her parents are proud of her i know they're so proud of her they <laughs> hire literally a whole news 12 team to video capture the moment not me actually crying it's okay um but it's just so like beautiful and I'm it's like are you sure you want to talk about girls so we could get we could go to go more girls <laughs> this is having a much more fundamental impact on your life clearly oh god it just gets me every time but um it is so true that it's like as like stupid as walking is it does make me sad that shoshana doesn't get to and she just has to bicker with her stressed out parents no and you know how good at nyu graduation is they get taylor swift yeah they literally get taylor they swift they get to go to yankee stadium the house of bruth belt Babe Ruth, and that Babe Ruth? Babe Ruth. That's like the nickname for Yankee Stadium. You know, nobody tells you when you move to New York how much you're gonna have to learn about New York. <laughs> <laughs> I think that could be said about every city. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know much about Texas, and I lived there for a long time. Yeah, but wait, you don't. You do know so much about Texas because you actually never. No offense. Don't give an anecdote about Texas. Yeah, I guess I take everything you yeah, said back. Yeah, like, girl, I love off of you. I stand for everything you believe in, but that's a all-out all lie. It's not my fault, young wife. Do you know what it is, though? It's like that was so ingrained into everyday culture where in New York it feels more abrasive because it's like now you're going to have to learn about it on your own independently, where it's like everyone already knows the stuff, so you're kind of playing catch-up. So it feels so much more, like, abruptive, it's abrasive. Just, it's just so crazy because you always thought, like, 
um i guess it's just like in this um in this rewatch of gilmore girls and i'm really sorry i keep bringing up that show but <laughs> all of this <laughs> all of this like college prep stuff it's like i never knew about that i didn't know that was real and now that i live in new york and everyone i interact with like had an sat tutor and was like i'm gonna go to vassar it's like crazy to know that everything was so real and everybody does go to Yale. It's like, oh, have right. you ever talked to my mom about this? You know, that's her story. Is that what? Yeah, she wanted to go to Smith College instead, of, but she went to UMass Amherst. But she's then now every single month she brings up one time that she wished she had an SAT tutor so she could have gone to Smith and someone in her immediate family had guided her to apply to more colleges other than Smith and UMass. Okay, I need to talk to your mom about this because sometimes I get so sad that my parents never told me to try. Like, they didn't tell me anything about college or, like, how it would impact the rest of my life. And it's like I went to some weird city school You never got the book that said 506 Amazing Colleges? No. You never got to read that book? Nobody told me anything about college. You never read the book B-plus colleges for B-plus students? It's like, no. I spent all of college miserable because nobody told me i was supposed to pick a school where i'd be happy no worries though you wanted to do media and it's the best school in canada for media yeah but i'm from america why didn't i go to a media school in america it's no worries because it was really cheap in canada i can't change the past but i wish (laughs) that um I wish that I had enjoyed I know you said that, but I'm like, you don't believe it. That's not something you believe. I just <laughs> wish that when I was 18, 19, 20, and 21, that I was enjoying my life more than I was. I mean, this like this, right now could you could say the same thing though. I wish I was enjoying um 22, 23 a lot more, but COVID kind of ruined them. And then 24 and 25 have been pretty good, but still awful. I'm just like no i'm like i guess everything is perspective right right but anyway so shoshana graduates and she unlike me has a bit of an ego when it comes to getting a new job because she's an nyu graduate so she thinks <sighs> she deserves to be like a star and she's I like i'm gonna get the NYU perfect students yeah i know we say that every episode but i'm like it is so contextualized here to watch an NYU student like Shoshana be like, no, I actually don't want this awesome job at Ann Taylor Loft, which is like, I would kill to work at Ann Taylor Loft and or Talbot's. Those places are home. Those places are family. Those places raise my mom and inherently raise me as well. So if they wanted me to work in the accessory department at Ann Taylor Loft, I would shake my head. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. So it's crazy to me that she doesn't take it. But I guess that is the, like the NYU. She thought ego. she's McKinsey good. McKinsey has a lower acceptance rate than Harvard, which is like it's around 1% of McKinsey acceptance rate. Yeah, but you know what? She's a smart girl and she works hard. No, Whatever. she didn't even graduate college on time. Yeah. Anyways. Did she even pass glaciology? I think she failed glaciology. That's a big point of it. I think um, I think it's cool that we see Shoshana struggle in this new way. You know, season one was all about her struggling with her not having lost her virginity. Season two was like her struggle with dating Ray Polshansky. And season three was her trying to have a perfect, a perfect last year of college and falling short. 
<laughs> when you said Ray Pachansky and then you swallowed as hard as you could with so funny. <laughs> <laughs> so season four is all about her like learning the real world's a bit tougher than she imagined it would be. I mean, if you remember in season two, Truth or Dare, she says anything's going to be better than school. Like being in the real world's going to be awesome. And then she's like, no one tells you how hard the real world is. And then Marnie's like, actually, that's the only thing people tell you. But it's definitely like, yeah, Shoshana learning for the first time that like life after college is even harder and i think her reckoning with that and struggling through her own sense of self i think especially somebody who's been in the school system i think this is the experience of like anybody who's like worked really hard in high school and college once you get in the real world and there's not all these grades and there's not all these structures that you were like relying to like determine your value or like to feel like confident about who you are i think like her experiencing that like loss of self-esteem now that she doesn't have a regimented system for like comparing herself to her peers is really taxing and i think that's so relatable and i think you know we rarely get to see shows that show this like middle place i mean we're always like learning about people in high school or college or learning about women who have already made it in their big dream job in the city working on a magazine and i think it's so classic to be lost in new york it's the first show that ever talks about being 25 or 23. Or 23, even. Every other show kind of skips to the 30s. I mean, I'm watching, not to talk about this, This Is Us, and they're all, the times they talk about it are like when they're nine years old, when they're 12 years, or like 16 years old, and then when they're 37 years old. It's like, sorry, but it's so like our culture's addicted to 13 going on 30. And it's like, what if you talked about the middle bitch? The book is called Defining Decade for a Reason. I hated that book. The no, Defining the, Decade. Book is mean to most I do people. not like that bitch's attitude. Fuck her. Yeah, she's really entitled. She's so rude. She's so... I'm like, she's like, you have to make as many loose connections as possible. And if you don't have a job you actually kind of hate right now, you're going to hate the rest of your life. I will say if we zoom out, she is girl boss version of um, how to win friends and influence people. <sighs> no, and I res- she's so much worse. And that's I respect really her. Nice. That guy is actually really... Well, they've done 18 editions of that book, so they've had a lot of time to kind of figure things out. Is that guy not dead? He's dead. Andrew Carnegie... Oh, I love Carnegie Hall. Never been. No, different Carnegie family, I think. There's two Carnegies. There's a lot of Carnegies, actually. I never met one. I've never met one, but I've seen their grave site. So Shoshana ends the season (laughs) by A.D. Bryant offering her a job in... Japan um and she decides to take it which I think I'm really proud of her I think you know she is so eager to explore the world that's something that we've always felt from Shoshana is that she's like curious and eager to learn new things so we get to see her really take this lead well I really think it's interesting because this show does an amazing job of showing where people's careers are at 25 like it's either like you have this job that's so all-encompassing of your life where you literally have to move to Japan or like dedicate 80 hours a week to it and like that's like the one version of a career or something so abstract that could only be defined as scientists as something called freelancing or trying your best. Yeah, that is so true. Like my first full-time job post-grad was working yeah. full-time at that startup. And it was the all-encompassing thing where it's like, all I did was think about that. My life revolved around that. There was like, it was like top priority and it literally like, there was nothing happening outside of that. Like that was the whole focus. And it's like, I had to do that to like get the no, jobs that I have now. My first JB was the same thing. You're just going to skip the O. 
Oh, it goes crazy. You're like, I have to shorten the <laughs> well, word. Well, I have job. to say JB so then I can go, oh, because job one was um at Q Diagnost. Um, were Quest Diagnostics. Quest Diagnostics, where I was 23. The where, two people in my role weren't were. Weren't bo- you working there when this podcast began? No, I, I, the first episode, yes. Second episode, no. <laughs> 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 no because we started us in march you know what so actually, you were no. working your new contract game. i was working my new contract role which i also got let go from because they at the at the end of the contract or they, i had it for two months and then they're like actually you don't have enough experience for this role so i was so good at the interview phase where i was like and i know what i'm talking about and then i was so bad at the execution because i no one ever taught me how to do anything at my first job um but I was just, I was actually, for me, that actually, at first, it was really upsetting to get fired. But then I kind of came around where it's like, I'm an amazing actor because I conned, um, like, 40-year-olds into thinking I could do something. Even at 24 years old. And usually the other people that hire for this role were, like, in their mid-30s. But I, at 24, was able to trick them. Yeah, you're really good um, at that. <laughs> you always... <laughs> I'm not mean or nice. I'm not trying to gaslight. No, I just mean I'm jealous to have the skill to like be able to sell myself. I feel like I always undersell myself, and I feel like you're really good at being like. Uh, well, I knew I had to do what I had to do to get the role. Yeah, I, I just said things, and like you know what, I said the right things, and actually shows you have to have a certain level of knowledge to say the right things. Totally. Because I was inspired by this one woman who I had an informational interview with, who never had been to an aquarium before, but really wanted a job working with fish and like studied marketing in college, or even she studied English in college, but she wanted a marketing role at an aquarium. Or actually, I'm so sorry. Can I back it up? Mm-hmm. This girl from England, she changed my life because she told me the story one time in an informational interview where she really wanted to work with fish at an aquarium and with seals, but didn't study that. She didn't study marine biology in college at all. But she spent two days before the interview reading every single book and didn't leave the office of the marine biologist until they hired her. Whoa. And you can get whatever you want as long as you um, have the confidence and like at least know what to say for 24 hours. And we're sorry to that one girl on TikTok that can't even get a barista job. Oh, times are so tough right now to get your first J-O-B. J-O-B. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um... Overall, I'm so, I'm so happy for Ashosh. No, I'm so happy for our girl. But it does break my heart when she's dating the suit mogul and like doesn't believe in herself. I know, but sometimes... but even even though she doesn't, mm. she does still yell at him in the interview because she's pissed. Well, Marty and uh, Shoshana actually have a really interesting parallel in this season, mm. where it's um, Marty's able to go to Desi and be like, "Hey, I want to be in this relationship. I'm so committed to being in this relationship." Because she has the confidence from getting the validation from Ray being like, I want to have sex with you. He's like, I don't want to be in a relationship, but it's like, actually, I kind of do love you. And she can feel that. So she has enough confidence to go up to Desi and be like, hey, I want to be in a relationship with you. And Shoshana kind of is in an unconfident place. But then she is being boosted up by this soup mogul who's like, you're awesome. You're amazing. You can do whatever you want because you're a badass bee. And then she's able to get this job in Japan because she's now found this level of confidence through a man and they're both finding validation through external sources that like somewhat lead to positive things but also don't exactly lead them into places they exactly want to go it's just like an interesting parallel where it's like if you can find validation from another person it can give you a certain level of confidence for a certain amount of time and that's such a real thing right this kind of parallels like your experience yeah but i'm actually more confident of 
Because you went through it? Because I went through a relationship. I'm like, now I can actually see myself as a sexual human being, which I didn't have that experience before. And I'm like, oh, my body's made for something other than typing on a computer and talking into a microphone um, or going for 12-hour walks. There's more there. Um, so, yeah, it's sometimes you just have to believe in yourself enough to believe in yourself. Can I drop my mic? <laughs> Um, say that one one more time. Sometimes you have to believe in yourself enough to believe in yourself. I don't get it, but I support like it. it. There's a, it's like the same thing as like being a writer for Hannah. Like sometimes, like being a writer is just thinking enough of yourself as being a writer. Like that is one of the hardest parts is like actually getting over the um, what's it called? Um, when when you don't think you're actually capable, like you shouldn't have that imposter, like being an imposter of a writer. Like that's one of the hardest parts of anything. It's just like getting over the bump of like, I don't deserve this. Mm -hmm. I don't believe in myself in this way. And just like having enough energy to believe in yourself is a beautiful thing. A hundred percent. I think that's so like, um, like so many people like want to move to a big city and like pursue their dreams. But there's like, the people that do it are the people that make themselves believe it could actually happen and are like that delusional it's like yeah you really have to just like trust that you're gonna figure it out literally and it's so hard to um create that mindset for yourself when you come from a place and are surrounded by people that don't have that mindset and so shout out to anybody in their 20s who's like having big goals and really having to work through like their own taught doubt surrounding those goals. Like I think the hardest thing is never the actual thing you want to do, but it's your mindset around the actual thing you want to do. Well, exactly. Okay. Now let's dive into Marnie. Marnie. God help her. So Marnie begins at this beginning of the season being like, I don't want to be with Ray. I want to be with, desi after i met him like he is the one for me all the way i don't care that he says common time i'm gonna try my best to like weasel my way in there i'm gonna knit him a hat so he can remember me even when he's not with me and then we kind of move into this place where marty's out being like if and so now she's starting his music career with desi but um the idea of them being a couple is presented him more and more and more and she really likes that idea and she really likes this hot musician and like really sees herself in this really idyllic way where it's like we are a beautiful music couple who's both dating in our performative sense and in our real sense as well and it's um so it sounds amazing on paper for her so she's really pursuing this and that's kind of the growth of it where it's like she's kind of just being like i want things that are good on paper even in this less traditional lifestyle, which is very interesting where she kind of gave up being like, I want a traditional job to being like, I want to be a musician, but still having the level of being like, I want a checklist that makes sense, which is interesting. I really relate to Marnie this season in that it's like, she's somebody who is striving for stability, um, but then has these creative aspirations and is trying to, you know, like adjust like her need for order um, into a field that's so unorderly. And I think that it's so hard when you're like somebody who wants to follow all the rules, but then has these kind of like whimsical ones to try and marry those <laughs> two successfully. And um, yeah, this is a drinking game. How Every time we say whimsy, Whims. you have to take a shot. Of green juice. 
Um, <laughs> <laughs> so Marnie this season, it's a whole nother round of her wanting the things she can't have, getting the things she couldn't have, being mad at the things she has. Whoa. And it's so classic girl in their 20s to want something so hard, get it, and then be miserable. I mean, tales old as time, I fear. I really do think that's a big thing you learn in your 20s where it's like the things that look good on paper aren't necessarily the things that would make you happy. Like having that perfect job, having that perfect boyfriend, having this life that we're told in Americana classical sense is so good for you. Actually, the things that make you happy are the things that make you happy. It's kind of that simple. And I wish we could be taught that like untraditional things can still be the source of all hap. Marnie and Desi, this whole season's their whole arc, whatever. I think we see Marnie happy in this relationship. She feels so excited that she's finally getting to create art. I mean, remember when she was with Booth Jonathan and she's like, this is so cool. I'm living the dream of like having a cool artsy boyfriend. And this is like a better version of that. Well, so it's good on paper. Yeah. So it's still on. I don't know if she's happy. You are though. addicted to saying good on paper today. I love that term. Um Well, my whole thing is I don't know if she's actually so happy. I think she's externally happy because again, she like um to steal the words of Lena, it's like she won the prize, like of Desi when he he's finally like committing to her. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that whole argument before where it's like, did you leave me by uh, did Clementine break up with you or did you break up with Clementine? And he's like, I hate to use that word breakup. Like it was mutual, it was mutual, but like Clementine basically broke up with me. So it's like he just ran to her in desperation after Clementine broke up with him, Desi. So she's like kind of like pissed off in this moment, like it did not work out the way she wanted. But then she has this moment where like they're embracing each other and she's like, oh, wow, I got the prize. And I like the juxtaposition of her then smiling. But it's like that, again, is external validation. Yeah, I mean, Marnie, all of her weaknesses show themselves, rear their ugly head again this season. Like, she's just so addicted to, like, trying and chasing the things she wants. And when she actually has something, she can never enjoy it. And we see that with fighting, the constant fighting with Desi. And then Desi really is being a frustrating character in her life. And instead of like acknowledging that or like reflecting and being like, I'm constantly being agitated by this guy. She is so swept up when he proposes and he's she's so swept up in his grand gestures of like, I left Clementine. I want to be with you. And like, oh my God, I'm sorry that I believe in our band so much, but I had to spend through again. And oh my God, I love you so much. I never want to be without you. Like, it's so easy when you're a young girl for a guy to make a a big gesture and you to be like, okay, I believe him or else why would he do this? (laughs) And then end up like hurt and whatever. But Marnie's a pretty good fucking friend this season. Oh, my God. Besides, like, the only big thing where it's like, oh, Marnie sucks as a friend was when Hannah is, like, sobbing um, in her apartment post-Adam and Marnie's phone was off. Like, it's like, as soon as Marnie saw the text and call, she ran over with Chinese food. So I'm like, are you really going to dock her that bad for being a terrible friend? No, that does not make her a terrible friend. She just has boundary with technology. She's the only one that woke up early to help send her friend off to Iowa. Exactly. They Come kind on. of broke a vase together. And they broke a vase. Because she's sitting on the luggage. Oh, they broke a vase. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm still not over. And I know we said it in our review episode about this. But when Hannah comes back and it's the boyfriend thing, it's like, yeah, can we ask her about her writing dreams? Because that's that's a 
fresh on my mind too. I know no one asked her, but I do love when Marnie's like, are you taking a real shower or a fake shower? Classic. I love that. Oh my God. Her speech to her with that. You're like, yeah, Marnie is an amazing. Marnie knows a lot. She's actually the one paying attention the most. Yeah. Like for all of Marnie's um, bad qualities, she does have some good ones. Yeah. (laughs) End it. (laughs) (laughs) And she's got some good ones, period. Um, wait, do, should we talk, should we touch on Mimi Rose of it all? So I, we covered all four girls, but honey, what would a season four recap be without a deep dive into Mimi Rose Howard MRH? Love Sorry, that Sorry, I just yawned so big. It's okay. The listeners didn't hear. But the viewers did. I don't know. When you're watching like a YouTube podcast, you're pretty much not looking at it. You just glance at it every once in a while from Candy Crush. <laughs> That's so true. I love Kiki CC. Me too. I just passed the really hard level. I'm really fucking What's proud number? of myself. Like 689. What? You are on 689 of Candy and Crush? And I had to start from the beginning four years into having it. You're really good at Candy Crush. It's kind of all I have. I know. See, that's a negative thought cycle that we're trying to break this year. <laughs> I know. I feel like this podcast episode is an amazing episode for listeners to um, really dissect like where I'm at and where you're at <laughs> and how I'm actually in a bad spot. That's okay. But it's okay. So is MRH. I mean, her asking me about my name thing, Loki sucks and she knows it. Okay. I actually think she's an amazing spot. I would argue. Did you know um, it's the same apartment building as Booth Jonathan? Yeah, girl, we watch the same bonus features. I know, but I always had that thought, but I never found out for sure. They filmed Mimi Rose's apartment in the same apartment as Booth Jonathan. Um, I sound so bored and mad. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes facts are boring and mad. You know? um, Mimi Rose Howard, girl, I love you in love on Netflix. So I'll let you have it. I love a Gillian Jacobs moment. She really freshens things up this season, Wait, does she are, not? Are you pro or neg? Mimi Rose Howard? Yeah, Mimi Rose. Negative, obviously. Wait, I'm so pro or Mimi Rose. No, Adam needs to learn how to be fucking alone. Yeah, but it has nothing to do with her. And she actually kind of does that. She's kind of girl boss extraordinaire. And we not we way. posted the abortion clip on our Instagram and TikTok, oh, and God. it's still for the last month. We just get like um, anti-abortion <laughs> pr- yeah, pro-lifers in the comments. Republican acting- Twitter as well, and some Republican tweeted and got three million views that clip. Oh yeah, some woman who helped the Supreme Court pass <laughs> um, a legalizing abortion once more. <laughs> quoted it and was like this is why i do what yeah, i the do the one who literally broke down roadview wade kind of was like and here's a clip of adam and jillian michaels gillian jacobs gillian jacobs <laughs> jillian michaels is a girl i kind of know jillian michaels is the tiny bodybuilder girl on the biggest loser <gasps> i kind of know her <laughs> yeah i was like that's why i want to explain and place for you who that is because i want to clarify oh, oh, oh. if you know her because if you do my mom my mom had like good housekeeping or some weird like magazine where she was the cover and we kept it in our guest room bathroom for truly my entire time like women's health it was women's health for 12 years for 12 years of my life every time i used the guest bathroom i was like there's jillian there's some amazing articles about how to make like a sweet potato in there uh, how to do it's something like with a yoga ball. Culture. Every single issue of Women's Health from like 2008 to 2014 had like one page dedicated to yoga ball workouts. 
I love a yoga ball workout. Okay. I once I once got detention in middle school because my advisory teacher had one of those chairs that's a yoga ball and they're technically <laughs> a like, chair that's a yoga ball. So a yoga ball. So it's a yoga ball <laughs> in like a, a oh, frame. there's a circle underneath it, right? Yeah, and there's actually like a back thing. Oh, I've never seen this. They're for pregnant women, but they're or your they teacher can be in third grade. Or they or for Mr. Partial. <laughs> Name drop. <laughs> Anyways, Mr. Partial's masculinity was so fragile that he gave me detention for being like isn't that a pregnancy chair me asking a factual question got me in detention because men in the south are fucked up and that's why i'm so bruised right now just in general <laughs> it's because it's like men are fucking insane and i don't trust them oh my god and the hinge date i went on last week went really well and i don't believe in that i know i'm so sorry it's like someone i like don't really know but kind of know and our whole community is rooting for this person, but you're like, it was too good to be true. Yeah. Like anytime I go on a first date and the guy's really nice, I'm like, you're a fucking fake ass little bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I don't trust All you for those? a single second, Ted. Ooh, Tad. More like it. Oh my God. Gay. Should we talk about Tad being gay? Wait, we have to do Mimi Rose. Okay. So really quick. Mimi Rose. I it's go so, off. It's so cool to see a girl in the show, girls, um, love herself, not need a man, and be creatively fulfilled. Three things none of those four girls yeah, have. Yeah, that's why I think he's awesome. It's so cool to introduce that as a comparison. And maybe Mimi Rose is a little bit older. Maybe it's like a look into like what these mm, girls might become once they work through all this bullshit. She's like the 25-year-old that has... She's a 25-year-old that never had to work, like struggle too hard. Right. She's like well, the she's, girl who posted one TikTok and is now like a personality. Right. You know what it is? I'm sure she struggled when she was 19. There's so many people that like you can get away with not struggling when you're 19 because you just like evolve into the ether of like college and be like, this is good enough. But people that really had to do the work when they were in their teen years slash early 20s are so much better off at 25. And none of these girls had to do that. They all like got to have, well, I guess Jessica like, kind of goofed off. They all had a lot of fun when they were 23. So it's harder for them when they're 25. And sometimes you're like, it's so good to preserve the innocence of childhood, which you can in like the college years, but also in the same regard, um, sometimes it's awesome to grow up and get what you want a little bit sooner too. It is cool how much MRH is the crazy girl you know that went to your school that loves playing games and like all the boys are swooning. This one girl, I don't remember her name, but her last name was like Noble at my middle school and she was new to town and she came in and all the guys <laughs> swooned because she had like pretty hair and pretty eyes. And it's like she wrecked havoc on every girl in her grade. <laughs> There's something so powerful to being new in town and already being good at something. Oh my God. It's when she, when it's like the yourself. new girl and she's pretty, people freak the fuck out. My one a tip to anyone wanting to start stand-up comedy or art or literally anything you want in this world perfect it somewhere else and then come to new york city totally never, like that's a genius they never they didn't see the day in and day out of growth their first impression was something amazing off like they jump it's like do that for yourself like if you but wanna, it is a double-edged sword yeah because you can learn so much more here yeah yeah just food for thoughts um but yeah mimi rose do you think she's a good artist evan yeah, but I think everyone's a good artist. That's true. I think as long as you have like a little bit of earnesty in your art, you're doing a good job. Um, like, yes, I do think it's like a little bit like um, boyerish, like performative to like have this um, work of art where it's like you have to ask someone their name and like uh, figure <laughs> out their story. Like, yeah, that's not great. Do you think Adam and Mimi are a good couple? 
Yeah, I I have this thought in my head, and I don't know if it's true or not. I really don't. But and I don't. I feel less and less this way every way. But I'm like, do you think every single person on Earth could theoretically be the perfect couple if um there's enough like work done or like and the exact right advice was given to them? No. Okay, you think some people are fundamentally incompatible? Yeah, you think anyone could partner up and it could work if they worked hard enough? Like if just like uh, like they were given every single tool to succeed. I guess for thousands of years, most marriages were based on like money and the personalities made it work. So I guess, yeah, but it's like, yeah, I think it could technically work. But one party is always going to be suffering. Like are people that I don't, what is it? I actually, someone sent an article. Are people in arranged marriages just as happy as people that are in marriages for love? Like is there, is there science between that? Well, I do think your friends should have to pick your your relationship because fundamentally people your friends actually know you better than you know yourself so i think your friends should pick your relationship so blind dates if your friends put setting you up with someone like that's actually a really good idea because your friends kind of and by the way our third roommate set me up on a terrible blind date wait wait but that was actually circumstantial okay well isn't everything a circumstance because the guy was new in town and you both said the same sentence at the same time which is i want to kiss someone (laughs) I just the circumstances where you want to smooch. Sabrina, I'll never forgive you. <laughs> uh, <no>. <laughs> Kidding. <laughs> LOL. Uh, Love you, crazy girl. Yeah. So overall, I'm so pre- pro Mimi Rose. If I could meet her in real life, I would um, do anything I could to be on her close friends. On her close friend story, Mimi Rose is somebody I would want to know tangentially, but not be close friends with. We. I think we talk about Tad. Tad. Do we want to talk about Ray? Okay, listeners at home, we don't know when this episode will come out, but we do cover Ray going through his political era in our live um, podcast episode. So just wait a few weeks for that to come out, and then we'll talk about Ray there more. Absolutely. Yeah, because that's a way better job than we could ever do right here on this couch today. Okay, yeah, so we'll save Ray, um, but really quick, it is cool when dads, when dads, when dads come out of closet. I Okay, I do think lies are bad, but... I think the thing where people are like, it's a waste of life. You didn't get to be your true self. I'm like, your sexuality is only so defining a part of your life. And like, he was still able to have this amazing relationship with Lorraine and like it raise an does. amazing child and still have an amazing career where he got like only the only thing about like having sex with men was like only a small part of what the story it would breaks have ever my been. heart that Lorraine is like, it's you know, worse for her. the entire last four decades have been a sham. And I'm like, I don't think. It's a sham. I don't think everything that happened was false. I think it's just, you know, there's a certain level of like what a marriage is and what building a family is that has nothing to do with like the sexuality of your partner. And I think to think that everything is soured or untrue or false when a situation like this happens is such a um, negative way to look at things. I know it's, it's a classic breakup situation with someone who's being broken up with and someone's being like the premeditation of it all. Like Tad's had, presumably years to think about themselves being gay and like what that would look like and having the real vision of it all so like where well, relanus is all coming her at once and now she's 
un- unbeknownst to her, she's now reimagined her whole life, which is such a harder position to be in. It is so hard. And I think the way that it's paralleled in most 20-somethings life is like the classic trope of like a girl has a serious boyfriend for like three or four years and then they break up and she's like, I just wasted three years of my life. And it's like in some regards, totally. But I think there's a better way of looking at it and being like, that was just that. But I know girls will lose themselves in relationships so much in There's, their twenties that it can feel like that where it's like, oh, I spent all this time like caring about mm. my boy my my boyfriend's band and like his needs that I didn't even think about myself. But I think because you have that experience and come out of it and reckon with that, it jet sets you into a future where you are thinking about who you are and what you want and you would never have that much clarity of thought having never been through the things that you went through. Yeah, literally, it's like, is there actually a way to waste a life? Any closing words, Evan? Any hopes for the new season? Oh, I mean, this is only my fifth time rewatching the show, so um, I hope everything goes perfectly and everyone gets exactly what they want. I cannot wait for Japan's show. Let's fucking go. I know. Oh, I, wait, I have something controversial, but I'll wait to say it. Okay, and to hear that controversial thing, you're going to have to keep listening to us each week. Um, thank you all thank so, you so much, much for another amazing season. But we love you all so much. Um, we'll be back next week with season five. Woo-hoo. Bye. Bye. Bye.